0: Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in the fourth and final week of our Advent Sermon series called The Reason for the Season. And again, what we're doing in this series is trying to get behind all that Christmas has become so that we can not only see but but more importantly experience why Christmas really is one of the most significant events to happen in the history of the world. But now that we have discovered that that we are actually the reason for the season, or that one of the main reasons for why God stepped down out of his existence was not only to chase after us, but to teach us how to live and to be our light, we're now ready to get into what I believe is the most important reason for the season, and that's salvation. Or Jesus making a way for all humans to be able to live in relationship with God, starting now and going on forever. But of course, to do that, we've got to fast forward through the life of Jesus to focus in on what actually happened on the cross. And yes, I know it's kind of strange. I get it's kind of strange to talk about the cross on Christmas Eve, Sunday morning, when it's supposed to be mangers and babes. Totally get that. But the truth is, to understand the real reason for the season, to get at what Christmas is really all about, we've got to talk about the meaning of the cross. Because in a sense, the birth is not what it means. It doesn't mean what it means without the death. It all goes together as one. And so I'll kind of wrap that up at the end and show you how that works. So as most of you know, the way the New Testament describes what Jesus came to accomplish is in one sense, Jesus was born to die. Or one of the main reasons for why God came into the world was to give his life to save us. And the language we oftentimes use to talk about what God was doing through the cross is sacrifice. And that he gave his life as our sacrifice our sins could be forgiven and we could be saved. Or as Galatians 1.4 kind of summarizes everything. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age. According to the will of our God and Father, he gave himself for our sins. He paid the penalty and provided atonement. Now, oftentimes when people hear the word sacrifice today, what they automatically think of is an angry God who has been offended by people's sin. And the only way to appease that wrath is that something has to be sacrificed. Something has to bleed and die to pay that debt, which in turn is why Jesus had to die. But here's the interesting thing about that popular modern understanding of sacrifice. It's just not how the Jewish people understood how sacrifice worked. No, for them, going to the temple to offer a sacrifice was not about having something killed to quench God's wrath so that God wouldn't do something bad to them. No, that's actually how the pagans thought about it. But instead was simply the way they went about bringing God a kind of peace offering to say they were sorry and to restore their relationship with God. Or let me try to show you this in a way that maybe you can get your brain wrapped around. This is the simplest way I know how to share this. So what I want you to do so I want you to think about your best friend in the whole world. And you know who I'm talking about, that person that you're connected to at the deepest levels. Then what I want you to do is once you have that person in mind, I want you to think about intentionally or unintentionally doing something hurtful to them. Maybe you stood them up one time. Maybe they told you some secrets and, and for some reason you told someone else and it got out and now they're mad. Whatever it is, I want you to imagine doing something so bad to your best friend that they're no longer willing to be your friend. Friend. Now, similar today in the ancient Jewish world, if you ever found yourself in a situation like that, one of the main ways you could go about trying to make amends was by offering your friend a gift. Because basically, what you were doing in offering that gift is you were admitting your guilt, apologizing for what you had done, so the relationship could be restored. Or maybe to get at this logic in another way, married people. You remember that horrible thing that you did to your spouse that one time that landed you in the doghouse for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month? You really, none of you have had that happen to you before? We have some lies. It's Christmas. You're not supposed to lie, right? So what you had to do is you had to go above and beyond. Apology wasn't going to work, so you needed to bring in a gift. You needed to bring in the big guns to show how sorry you really were. Well, basically, that's how it worked in the ancient world. Because again, what you'd be doing by bringing your friend a gift was bringing them a kind of peace offering, with the hope being that the relationship could be restored, right? Very simple, very straightforward. We all get that concept. But now that you get that, to understand how sacrifices worked in the ancient Jewish mindset, you have to take that same simple logic and apply that to the relationship the Jewish people had with their God. Because for them, it was basically the same thing. They thought about it in the same way. Or from their perspective, sacrifices were not just these rituals that they did. They were actually heartfelt expressions offered to God to mend their broken relationship. And to see this, the Jewish people as God's chosen ones strive to live in relationship with God in every part of their life. I mean, it's what all those rules and regulations and rituals were all about in the Old Testament, living in relationship with God. And if they just do those things, their relationship with God would be just fine. But of course, given that Israel was fallen just like the rest of us, they were really, really good at breaking those rules and sinning against God. But here's the good news in all of that. Just like there was a way to mend any broken relationship in the ancient Jewish world through offering a gift, that was... The same when it came to their relationship with God. And that one of the main ways the Jewish people could have their broken relationship with God restored was to offer a gift in the form of a sacrifice. Which again, they understood not as an act of killing something so that God's anger could be appeased, but as a specific way they went about offering God a kind of peace offering to apologize and make amends. Or in the same way that you could offer your friend a gift to restore that relationship, that's basically what the Jewish people were doing. By bringing their sacrifice to God. Or to see this practically, after a Jewish person sinned, they they broke their relationship with God, they would come to the temple or God's house, they would buy one of the holy animals sold at that temple and then offer that animal as a gift to God. And the way that worked is they would give that animal over to one of the priests. The priest would ritualistically kill that animal and butcher it. Now, oftentimes, this is the place that we get stuck. When we think of sacrifices, we think of blood and guts, right? Well, in the ancient Jewish world, these people killed things all the time. It wasn't a big deal to them. This is just the way they could offer something that meant something to them. And so what they would do is they would hand it over to the priest. The priest would ritualistically kill and then butcher. And then they would offer that animal on the altar where it'd be burned and turned into smoke. And the logic behind all of that, and you've really got to think literally about this because these are ancient people here. They don't think like we do. The only way to give a gift to a God who lives somewhere up there in the heavens, because you can't just throw it up there, right? Is to turn it into smoke. Because in their minds, where does the smoke go? It goes up to God. And that's how God receives that gifts. So of course, when God receives that gifts, that's when the forgiveness happens and the person's relationship with God is restored, which of course is a practice. The Jewish people would do over and over again as they continued to sin. They wanted to make sure that their relationship with God was good, or that's why sacrifice was a huge part of their lives. How many of you thought you were going to come in and get something on sacrifice on Christmas Eve, Sunday morning? Anybody? Yeah, you guys excited yet? Come on now. All right. But now that you've seen how sacrifice served as a kind of peace offering in the Jewish tradition, that's how it actually worked, we now are in the place where we can begin to see how Jesus' sacrifice works for us. So what happens when you take the ancient Jewish understanding of sacrifice and use that to make sense of the cross, which is the way you should do it, that's the way they thought about it, what you'll notice almost immediately is that this sacrifice is not being offered by sinful people to God, which is the way it's supposed to work. No, what's going on through the cross, which is so strange and so scandalous, is this time God is the one offering the sacrifice and the gift. Which, by the way, is not something that God needs to do, like somehow he needs us to forgive him. But instead, something that God just seems to do out of his love for the world, or because what our God wants most is to live into a deep and abiding relationship with every single person who has ever lived, what God has done through the cross is instead of waiting around for humans to continue to come to him to offer these sacrifices, these peace offerings, he made an easier way for us to come home. And the way he did that was by offering the world the greatest gift it's ever seen, offering the, the, the biggest peace offering that has ever been given because he gave Himself, he gave his life, he gave his everything to save the world. Or to get at the significance of what God's doing here. Imagine if instead of you having to make up for the hurt that you have caused your friend by bringing them a peace offering, your friend, because they love you so much, they don't wait on you. They bring you the gift instead, even though they've done nothing wrong. They they take it upon themselves. And all because they can't stand living without you. Well, that's the surprising twist of God's story of salvation, what God has done by giving the world this sacrifice. Or or that's the link to which our God is willing to go to live in relationship with us because he just wants us back. I mean, the whole story, right? Not just the, the, the birth and then the death and the resurrection and all that stuff. What this is all about, you've got to see, is the heart of Christianity. Is a God that loves you so much he is willing to do any and everything to make a way where you can come home. Now, he's never going to force you. It's something that you have to choose, which is where the gift comes in, right? He can offer you the gift, but you're the one who has to receive the gift. So, the way we accept that gift is we don't have to continue to offer sacrifices. We don't even have to be perfect. No, all God requires of us is we put our trust and commit our life to Jesus in his way. Or another way that we talk about it around here is to put your faith in Christ. Because when you do that, when you accept that simple gift, your relationship with God is restored once and for all. And really, I'm not making this stuff up. We've heard this story so many times that it doesn't even do anything to us anymore. Think about that. The creator of the universe, the one who created this infinitely big and complex universe that we inhabit, that we're a part of every single day, right? That is the being who decided to step down out of his existence to chase after us because that's how much we matter. And not only that, but he then gave us life. He gave us this peace offering like, hey, this is how much I love you. All you've got to do is accept this gift, and you can come home. I mean, you guys sit there like, this is not such a big deal. This is amazing. And one of the things that happens to us as um, people who do Christmas, you know, every single year we do it in the same way, all of that kind of stuff. We, we do the obligatory, I need to come to church because I need to put God there, but really the other parts of Christmas are most important. Yep, come on now. Right? What I want you to see is that it really doesn't get any bigger than the creator of the universe chasing after you. That's how much this God loves you, not only in the birth story of coming into the world as Emmanuel, but a God who was willing to give everything to make a way home for us, which is absolutely breathtaking to think about it. And I promise you it's better than any gift you're going to get. By the way, that gift that you were so excited about that you get today, I'm betting maybe a month, and you'll be like, I can't believe I got that. I'm, I'm tired of this thing, right? Right, that's what I want you guys So, now that you're starting to understand the amazing gift that God has given to us through the cross, uh, to bring this series to a close, what I want you guys to do now is simply take a moment and not only picture the gift that is offered on the cross, but the gift that was given to us when Jesus was born. I want you to take the, the birth and the death and kind of hold them together. And the reason I want you to do that, or the reason I want you guys to hold this in mind, is because now you're able to catch a glimpse in a big picture kind of way who our God really is. And that in Jesus' birth and death, what they have to reveal to us about how astonishing our God really is is this God loved us so much. He was not only willing to stoop down to our level to chase after us as our light, but a God who loved us so much he was willing to give everything as a sacrifice, a peace offering, to make a way back home. And again, it's just breathtaking when you get it. And if it doesn't, to a certain extent, take your breath away when you hear that, then you really don't understand it. You really don't get it, because that's how big this is. In fact, I would argue it's the biggest thing that has happened in the history of the world. And so what all of that means for you and I is if you just so happen to be one of those people who has never accepted this gift, or maybe someone who had the gift at one time but has walked away, or maybe someone who has lost that gift... In all that Christmas has become, what I pray for all of you during this holy season is you would finally, or maybe again, give in to God's love and say yes to following Jesus. Or say yes to the gift that God is offering to you in this and every moment, because that, my friends, is the real reason for the season. Or why Christmas really is one of the biggest events to happen in the history of the world or what I hope for all of you is that you encounter the real reason for the season what I hope for all of you is that peace and joy and hope that you're longing for you'll not look for it in the presence and gifts and I'm not knocking all that stuff I hope you guys have a great time and get everything you want but I hope you experience what Christmas is really all about because there's nothing better than that let us pray Father, as we come before you this morning and wrap up this sermon series, it is my hope that we will not only understand in our minds, but we will embrace with everything that we are. That you really are a God who loves us so much. That not only did you show up as as a child in a manger to be our light, to be our guide but you're also the same God who was willing to put all of it on the line to make a way home for each and every one of us. A God who loves us so much that there's nothing that you're not willing to do to get us back. So may we not only understand that with our heart, but may we today and every day after continue to say yes to following you, to living in relationship with you. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.